0: This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader, As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting, Incorporated.
1: Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my forties and realized time stands still for no one. I found myself coasting through life feeling unfulfilled and deep inside, I knew there was more to me than I was living. I went looking for answers and I found them by listening to inspiring people and having meaningful conversations. That is what we will do here for you. Whatever you are looking for, I am glad you are here aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count it's time to take charge of your life to rise up and be all you can be this podcast is meant to help you do that so let's get started today's episode is being brought to you by prairie laser ink and toner located in the beautiful community of stonebridge and saskatoon ink and toner is an everyday essential for both business and home use Prairie Laser Ink and Toner carries the largest number of brand name and compatible ink toner products in Saskatchewan. They can supply all your printing products with next day delivery to your business or home office during COVID. As a business owner myself, I always appreciate such personable service, especially when it saves me time. Prairie Laser Ink and Toner Supply is a family owned and operated Saskatoon business. They put customer service first guaranteed quality products, and will match any competitor's price in Saskatchewan. Support local and contact them today at 306-668-0070 or visit their website at prairielaser.com for a free quote or to place your order. This is Episode 010, Change Your Life by Changing Your Belief with Jacqueline Almeida. One day, a man was walking through an elephant camp when he noticed the elephants were not in pens or cages. All that secured them was a small piece of rope tied around one of their legs. As the man gazed upon the elephants, he wondered why they didn't use their strength to break the rope to return to their natural habitat. He wondered why they didn't realize that all that was holding them back from their freedom was that tiny piece of rope. They could easily break free, yet they didn't try at all. The man grew curious about this and asked the trainer if any of the elephants had ever tried to escape. The trainer said they hadn't, and then he explained why. When the elephants were young and much smaller, we used these ropes to secure them. At that age, it was enough to hold them back. As they grew up, we used the same rope and they became conditioned to believe that they could not break away. They believe the rope can still hold them, so they don't even try. The elephants were able to break free and yet they didn't because they believed that they couldn't. What is it that's holding you back? This is what we will talk about today. Mahatma Gandhi taught us that man often becomes what he believes himself to be. If a person keeps saying to themselves that they cannot do a certain thing, they will become incapable of doing it. But on the contrary, if a person shall believe they can do it, they will acquire the capacity to do it, even if they may not have it in the beginning. Your reality right now is a reflection of your strongest belief and your belief system is nothing more than a thought that you've had over and over again until it becomes your belief. This means that changing the direction of your life is possible by changing your belief with a new pattern of thinking. As a visionary Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or think you can't, You are right. In this conversation today, we will dive into what is holding you back from creating the life that you want. Jacqueline Almeida is a New Yorker by birth and heart. She is also a dynamic and inspirational woman with a true story of success. In 1993, she moved as a single mom to Canada with her children. With virtually no support, she was hell-bent on making it in this country, and despite many unexpected challenges she experienced, she held on to an unwavering belief that she would succeed. She believes in the power of the human spirit, and by using her education and experiences, she helps clients navigate through hurdles and unforeseen obstacles of life. Jacqueline holds a Master of Arts in Leadership and Management and draws from her 23-year experience as a public speaker, educator, and coach, where she encourages, supports, and guides people on their path to success. So hello, Jacqueline, and welcome to the show. I'm very excited that you have chosen to take the time to join us today. I remember the very first time I heard you speak, and I remember thinking to myself consciously that I've got to invite her to share this wisdom with other people. So thanks again for taking the time to be here. Corliss,
0: it is my absolute pleasure to be here with you and thank you for the opportunity. I am delighted, I can't tell you how excited I am to be here with you having this conversation about something that matters so much and has an
1: incredible effect in the lives of so many of us. It sure does. So let's talk about and really dive right into the beginning of this. What is a limiting belief and really how does it hold someone back? okay
0: let's uh, let's start with the first part of it what is a limiting belief i've had to do quite a bit of introspection in my own life to figure that out as well as do insurmountable amount of research and i've come up with something that i believe is quite simple to follow the first thing is that a limit a limiting belief before we even get to the point of defining it we have to understand that it starts as a thought All it is, is a thought that somehow falls into our mind and that we begin to consider it. We begin to to grow that little thought and as we grow it through the different circumstances, through the different experiences that we have in life, that little thought turns into a story that we begin to tell ourselves about who we are and about how we respond to situations and also about the interpretation that we give to experiences that happen to us so it starts as a thought that thought grows into a story that we begin to tell ourselves and With time, because we continually tell ourselves that story over and over again, that story turns into a belief. And a belief that inevitably and undoubtedly then shapes who we are and who we become. So again, it's a thought that grows into a story that turns into a belief which shapes our
1: lives that really makes sense so perhaps if someone comes from say a world of poverty so say they come from watching their parents struggle and try to survive as an adult when they get older they may fall into that same pattern because the story that they're telling themselves is that they have to just try to survive and that abundance isn't possible for them is that fair to say is that kind of what you're explaining yes so for example uh i grew up in new york city
0: and a lot of people, when I tell them that I grew up in New York City, they think about, uh, they think about downtown Manhattan, Soho, upper west side or east side of New York. But the fact is that I, wasn't, I didn't grow up in those areas. I grew up in Queens. As a matter of fact, I grew up in the hood of Queens. So I watched my parents as they struggled through to make ends meet now, as a child, we do not have the capability of understanding uh, or of even uh, knowing whether we're rich or we're poor. We have somewhat of a, of a perception, but not the entire picture. However, as I grew up, I listened to my parents as they talked about finances. I listened and I watched As my mother, for instance, she was very frugal with the money that she had. Uh, She saved quite a bit, and oftentimes, you could tell that her energy of money was very scarce, and so the flow of money didn't happen when it came to my mother. When it came to my father, the flow of money was abundant. I saw, despite the fact that he was trying to make ends meet, the fact I saw that there was always a generosity there was a happiness there was an incredible flow there however i gravitated more towards the story that my mother was telling you know what we don't have much there is scarcity you have to work very hard to make ends meet and that story perpetuated in my life the thing about stories and beliefs then because the more that we tell our story to ourselves the heavier that story falls into the subconscious part of our mind. The subconscious part of our mind is the part that creates the blueprint of our lives. So if I say to myself, I am poor, I will always have to work very hard, there's scarcity in life, Uh, there's not enough money, that belief, that story, falls into the subconscious mind gets heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier and creates the pattern that I begin to follow. So because I believe in my mind that there's scarcity and that I don't have what it takes, for instance, to move beyond the scarcity, interestingly enough, the subconscious rules how I behave and how I act. And what happens with that is that I start finding uh, job opportunities, for instance, that do not measure up to my highest potential, but rather to the belief that I have that I don't have what it takes to
1: make large amounts of money. I really like that. So it begins with the thought. The thought then becomes a story because we tell ourselves over and over and over again. And then it becomes a belief. So if you change the thought, you can change your story, which ultimately will change your belief. Is that a good synopsis of what you're saying?
0: It's theoretically, that is exactly it. However, in, in action form, that takes on a, a different form because it, al, although, let me put it this way, although when an experience happens to us when we're very young and a thought comes into our mind, uh, it, it happens so uh, effortlessly. It just happens, right? But how, however, we take that thought. Later in life, when we decide that we want to change the belief, we also have to go back to that place where it's effortless to have a thought about ourselves that has some truth to it so that we can then begin
1: to change it, the story and then the belief. Fantastic. I love the way you broke that down. That's great. Okay, so earlier you mentioned about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So for the audience, I'd like you just to kind of explain the difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind so that people can really start to understand that it's a science, it's really how the brain works.
0: Yes, it's absolutely a science, and none of us have the entire story of our minds. It is the most complex machine. Uh, There is not a single human that can invent any kind of machine as complex as it is that will resemble something even close to what we have in our possession, what a gift and what a blessing it is. So to to break it down and make it very simple, we'll say that the mind has two parts. We've got the conscious mind and the subconscious. The conscious mind uh, holds what we have in terms of reasoning, in terms of willpower, in terms of analyzation, in terms of critical thinking. So it does the logic part of our mind. The subconscious holds emotions, it holds memories, it holds the short-term, sorry, the long-term, the conscious holds the short-term, it holds all those behaviors and actions and memories and so in reality when you think about the conscious and the subconscious it is the subconscious that weighs the heaviest because it is within the area of the subconscious that a blueprint of our life begins to form and so when when we are young when we are born into this life our minds are like a filing cabinet. They're completely, it's completely empty, and we begin to fill that, subcom- that sorry, that filing cabinet. The first people that begin to fill that file cabinet are the people that are closest to us looking after us, which are our caretakers. And the reason why they're the ones that have the most influence is because at that point in time, our conscious mind is not actively working. We are unable to use our conscious mind in terms, again, of logic and reasoning and analysis and critical thinking. So our subconscious mind is sucking up and using and filling up with the beliefs, the values, the fears. Uh, the curiosity, everything that pertains to uh, the people that are closest to us, which are our caretakers. And so for the first five years of our life, our conscious mind is not necessarily being used to its full capacity, not until much later. However, our subconscious mind is, it is catching, it is learning. it is being taught, all those things that pertain to our caregivers so in many ways we could say that we inherit oftentimes and for in a large proportion of the beliefs the values the convictions and the interpretations that our caregivers have regarding life so in my situations for instance my situation with when it came to money I listened to and inherited the beliefs,
1: the values and the interpretation that my mother had regarding money. Totally makes sense, fascinating really. So if we were to look back on who influenced us most of our lives, you know, the the primary people that were around us, this might really help us understand, you know, why we are how we are today when you consider the whole picture here, how does a belief system hold someone back? So I'm an adult. I'm all grown up now. I've got this past programming. I'd like to work on shifting it. What else can I do? So what are the kind of the things that you can begin? Like, where do we even start here? Okay. I, I
0: have to, that's a fabulous question. And let me, let me start by giving you Uh, a story telling you a story when I was four years old my father I I basked in my father's adoration attention my father and I were so tight and in Uh, preschool, the last day of preschool, my father was going to come and pick me up. That was the first time he would pick me up. And so there was a drawing that the teacher had us do. My father was a perfectionist. And so and I had the uh, I usually tended to draw outside the lines on this day, because I knew he was picking me up. I drew within the lines as much as I possibly could. I still drew outside of the lines. But then I was so excited to see my father at the end of the day, the bell rang, I took my drawing. And I went to see my father ran into his arms because I was so excited and of course like as a little five-year-old I showed my father the picture he took the picture and he oohed and awed and I felt like a princess I felt like the smartest person in this world about a minute later one of my uh, peers one sorry one of my school uh, friends Patricia Scotty, I still remember her. (laughs) That's how much of an impact this story had. She came out of the room and rather than going to her mother, she immediately raced over to where we were. And I was terrified about that. And the reason was because this this little girl, uh, what I saw was that she was always better than me. That was one of the stories that I had already been telling myself. Wouldn't you know that the moment that she showed my father the picture that she had drawn, my father oohed and awed so much that in my mind, I could only hear my father oohing and awing more about her picture than mine. And the thought that came into my mind, which had already been percolating to some degree, but this was the straw that broke the camel's back, was I am second best. And so what happened was that that story continued with me. So in seventh grade, when a girlfriend decided that she was going to sit with somebody else instead of me for lunch, guess what came to my mind? I am second best. When uh, when a uh, boss passed me up for a promotion and chose somebody else, guess what came up? I am second best. So you see, that belief system, whatever it is, affects how we interpret any other experience in our life. And what ends up happening is that because we believe that we're second best, then we end up functioning in life. For instance, if that's your belief system, we end up functioning in life and drawing to ourselves those things that puts us in that place of feeling in second, as second best. Now, your question, Corliss, was, well, what do we do with that then? And I think that one of the first things that we need to do in our lives in order to correct or in order to shift is that we need to do an honest self-assessment first. There is nothing that's more truth-telling about our lives and where we're at than by doing a, a self-assessment. And this is something that is extremely difficult to do because it's not a general statement of, oh, my life is doing great, yeah, the things are going good, but it's one in which we look at every area of our life. So we look at our, our lives in a professional world, physical world, emotional world, spiritual world, creational world, uh, recreational world, Uh, Relationships. And we do an assessment in which we say, when we look at what are the things in every one of those areas that are flowing, that are abundant, where we see prosperity, where we see joy, where we feel happiness, where we feel fulfillment, because there will be areas of our life where we will experience that. But as well, we need to do a self uh, assessment in each one of those areas where we also feel that there's a deficiency where we also feel that there's something lacking, where we recognize that there might be anxiety, where we recognize that there may be pain, or there's need for healing, or there's need for forgiveness. We start with a self-assessment. And with that, after we've done that self-assessment, I also believe that we need to do what something that's very critical, and that is we need to identify the gaps. In other words, what I mean by that is that we need, I believe I strongly believe that we need to have a clarity to some degree. For instance, if I'm thinking about uh, if I'm thinking about my physical well-being, if that's the area that I'm looking at, and I recognize that although I'm doing well, where I would like to be is that I would like to be who who knows uh, perhaps exercising more, perhaps drinking more water, perhaps uh, releasing another 10 pounds so that I could feel at my optimal. I have to recognize where, what are the gaps and where am I in terms of where I am currently and where I would like to be? Am I reaching that, that success level? How far am I from that success level? Am I at a, am I at a 30% Am I at a 50%, am I at a 90%? We have to identify how large is that gap.
1: So self-assessment self step number one. And I think that's really brilliant because it's like your current reality. So where you are right now and then where you want your end result to be.
0: Yes, exactly. And identifying how, how large is, is that gap. Uh, with that, however, the next step with that is recognizing uh, what, what is keeping me, once we identify that gap is what is keeping me from reaching that where, where I would like to be, the, the life that I claim that I want in that area, what is keeping me from reaching that success level? And that is a crucial question because oftentimes we leave self-assessment debt knowing what is abundant and knowing what is lacking, and we leave it at that. And that's quite discouraging. We have to then take the next step, which is what then is keeping me from reaching the potential that I believe I need to be living in this area. Once I figure that out, then I have to be very observant as to the What I'm telling myself is keeping me from reaching that because whatever it is that I'm telling myself is keeping me from reaching that potential or that success level is usually the belief systems that we are carrying, the stories. Those are the excuses, justifications that I'm using in order to keep me far from reaching where I claim or would like to be
1: okay i really like this but before we move on to the next step i need to ask and get you to clarify so perhaps somebody does a self-assessment they recognize that you know what's really keeping them back number two is themselves that it's their belief system how do they start to change it then
0: Uh, again i don't think i think sometimes you want to jump too quickly to the changing and that's where i believe This is the the part of the process that is the slowest and that is the most intentional and deliberate. We cannot jump into wanting to change it. And I'll tell you the reason for that. It's because when we jump into changing it, what we will most likely be using is uh, determination and willpower. And determination and willpower, although they have merit, absolutely, definitely, will not change the limiting belief. In order to to change the limiting belief, we need to do a self-assessment where we see the truths about ourselves first. So let me give you another illustration. If I believe that buying a little black dress is going to change my self-image, and I believe it, I believe it, and I think, you know what? I've always believed I've always believed that a little black dress is not gonna look good on me because I'm i am I'm just not pretty enough or I'm not smart enough or I'm not uh, successful enough or I don't have enough friends or whatever it is. But if I buy a little black dress, I bet you that's what's gonna change my belief. Yep, everybody's doing it, I'm gonna do it. So I'm determined that I am going to put a little black dress on. So what I do is I go and I buy it or take the little black dress that's in my, in my closet The limiting belief is that I I need to buy a little black dress in order to succeed. I go and get that little black dress, but I put it on top of the current clothing that I've got on. Do you see what I'm saying? So oftentimes what we do is we jump very quickly to wanting to shift or change that limiting belief when in fact, all I'm doing is putting a solution to something that I haven't solved yet. If I put that little black dress on top of the clothing that I've got on, guess what? I'm gonna look in the mirror and is that little black dress gonna help at all with how I view myself? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What What I must do first is start unlayering the clothing that I currently have, which means that I begin to take off the clothing, uh, I begin to not only unlayer, but I begin to start looking for truths about me, about me that I believe to be absolutely true. And as I begin to do that, then I will discover that the truth that I have is, you know what? I, I've got all these proofs that I have in the past been successful with certain things. Okay, that—that that is a truth about me and that's an unlayering of something. Then I start thinking, you know what? I believe that, you know what? Many people have encouraged me with how I carry myself and the confidence that I have. So I don't lack as much confidence as I think I do. There's another truth about myself. So as I layer and find very deep truths about myself, when I put that little black dress on, I will be, the clothing that I had on will no longer, will not be there. So when I put that little black dress on, it will fit really well. And now I've got something to work from, as opposed to just putting that little black dress, a replacement of another limiting belief with something that's not gonna hold ground. It's not gonna, it's not only not gonna hold ground, but it's gonna keep put me back to where I was in the beginning, except that now I've got a little black dress on, on top of
1: it. I think I'm getting what you're saying and I hope the audience is as well. And what I'm gonna summarize what I've taken here is that you need to be patient with the process. So it's a constant, Learning and self-assessment and recognizing where you come from, what's playing in your mind, what belief system is running your life, because when you unravel that, you can learn a new truth about yourself and replace it with something different. Is that a, a general idea here?
0: That is the general idea. The one thing I want to caution everybody and 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 it's to replace because we do have to replace our limiting beliefs but to replace it too quickly with something else is far too premature we have to find out first of all what are the truths about ourselves so in many ways it's it's the work of an archaeologist where you have to unlayer and dig and dig and dig and find those little pieces about you that that are truth telling about something really awesome about yourself as you begin to see Those truths about yourself, your self image begins to change. It begins to shift because our self image is very much tied to our belief system. And once we begin to see those truths about ourselves, then we won't necessarily need that willpower and determination or sheer willpower and determination. We will acknowledge truths about ourselves. And as we acknowledge the truth, those truths about ourselves, then we will be able to replace those limiting beliefs. Let me give you another example of that, Corliss, if I may. Sure, for sure. So going back to the little story that I, that I told you about when I was five years old, I, I, left, that, I left that time with a, lim, uh, with a thought that grew into a story that grew into a belief that I was second best. However, 12 years ago, what I ended up doing was going back to that story because of all the stories that we have in life. It is absolutely extraordinary that there are some that we remember more than others. There's a reason for that. Well, when I was going through a crisis 12 years ago, I ended up going back to that story. And realizing, and this is the other step that we must do with limiting beliefs, is going back to those stories, not for any other reason than to help us have some kind of an understanding that will help us or propel us forward. When I went back to that story, all these years, I had said to myself that I was second best. For the first time in my life, in my 40s, I actually was able to see the story for what it really was because I went back to it as an observer, as a witness, and not as a victim or a uh, participant of that story. When I went back to that story, I realized something for the very first time, and that was that my father knew that little Patricia did not have a father figure in her home and that my father was going to do the most generous, beautiful thing, and he was going to give her a gift of assurance and of encouragement, something that I did not need because I had that every single day with my father. When I looked at that story from the perspective of an observant, I realized for the first time in 40-some years that it wasn't at all that my that for my father I was second best but you see how I interpreted that situation as that and for the first time I realized that's not that was not the true story or the whole story at all I am going to be second best many times There are going to be people all around me that are going to be far better than I am in many ways that does not make me uh that does not make me less than at all And so I had to interpret that story differently. I had to give it different meaning. And I had to find a truth behind it. And that was that, you know what, somebody drew better than me, period. That did not make me second best at all. And the thought that for years haunted me was finally unraveled. And I saw the truth of myself, knowing that in and of myself, I was far more than enough and that I was far more than enough even for my father at that point. But it was my interpretation of the event that made things so different.
1: What a great story and how you brought it all together. I really like that. And audience, I think it would be really great right now as you're thinking about and reflecting on your own life and doing your self-assessment and as you go through this process, I really want you to ask yourself if you interpreted your original decision about yourself was it was it the correct interpretation, or was it just how you processed it? Because I think a lot of times the belief system is created just through interpretation, and maybe you were at an age that you couldn't even process and find the real truth, and instead made decisions about yourself that are still uh, influencing you today. And what you're saying, too, Jacqueline, I really like this. That you know, you said at 40 years old you realize this. It's it's like. Throughout my life, I was doing so much work on just trying to figure out myself and trying to unravel this, why am I the way that I am? And as I got into my 40s, I switched my perspective on that to really fall in love with the idea of self-discovery. And it was like I had this big awakening in my 40s that it was like, I really... I really love understanding who I am. And instead of it being like, why am I not something? I started saying to myself, why am I that way so that I can understand who I am? And I I literally fell in love with the process of self-discovery and it just shifted everything about how it felt to do the work. Hey everyone, are you missing motivation? Do you have a project you know you should do but you can't seem to get inspired to do it? Are you missing that something that gives you energy to get up and at it in the morning? Or have you found yourself in a new space and are trying to figure out how to restart? Over the past 26 years as an entrepreneur, I have learned a powerful system that works for me to find my self-motivation to set and achieve my goals, and I want to share it with you. My new course is called Seven Steps to Self-Motivation and Success, and it's being offered right now for a massive discount. Go check it out at www.corliss.ca backslash shop backslash seven steps. That's the number seven. Here it is again www.corliss.ca backslash s-h-o-p backslash seven s-t-e-p-s. You'll be so glad you did. If you've completed your steps and we can go ahead and move forward with, you know, is it worth the effort? You talked about step number one and step number two. Is there other steps of what people can do? So self-assessment and then, you know, moving into what's keeping you from reaching it. Is there another step after that? Yes, you've got the self-assessment. You've got identifying
0: uh, that that gap and what do you want, um, what is keeping you because that that's important you have to know what the excuses are because that will tell you your story uh and then i again it goes The other step is going back to some of those stories, some of those pictures, those memories that we have in our life uh, that have been contributing factors, which we may not be aware that they have been contributing factors to how we are living our life, what we're getting in life and what we're not getting in life. And going back to some of those memories, and they may be as, as innocent as it may be. I mean, they don't have to be these big, huge, uh milestones simple memories that we have and look at them from the perspective of an observer as a witness and try to shift your perception shifting our perspective of those stories is absolutely essential and eye-opening absolutely eye-opening um because again it's intentionally finding a different interpretation, a different explanation. Because all it has been to this point has been interpretation, and oftentimes aired interpretations, aired uh, meanings that we've given to those stories. So yeah, that's that's the other the other part of it, and then there's one last part of that. Once we have figured that out, once all we've gone through that work, and please know that that takes a lot of time. It's patience with ourselves. It's it's bringing some self compassion to ourselves uh, because unraveling again. Please remember that this is like the work of an archaeologist. If we if we know archaeologists, we know that their work sometimes. Uh, It takes so long for little pieces, so we have to draw, create a curiosity, like you were saying, Corliss, become so curious about how we function the way we function. It's been in the last little while that I've made sure that I ask all kinds of questions to the people that that raised me, my parents, uh, my aunties, my uncles. I've asked so many questions. I want to hear the stories just to unravel and make sense unearth so that I can make sense of things.
1: Beautiful. The work of an archeologist. So it's like a a process of self-discovery. Is it worth the effort?
0: Oh, what a great question. Is it worth the effort? The fact is this, the fact that I no longer have to think of myself as second best, that i am absolutely okay with people being so much better than me without that nudge or that belief in the background that says to me i'm not good enough i'm not good enough i'm not, I'm not good enough there's so much peace there's so much acceptance there is that that competitiveness that was not necessarily a healthy competitiveness is out of the way let me say this however those limiting beliefs have been so anchored that once in a while they Peek up. Once in a while, they just want to disturb your world. And as long as we can be aware of it, uh, because sometimes they are so natural, a natural part of us, that we don't even realize that we're back there again.
1: Wow, wow, wow. I am just overwhelmed with a story myself of this limiting belief that when I was a child, I was I had this group of friends that I just loved so much, and for whatever reason, when we got into our teens, they just decided that they weren't friends with me anymore. And that was such a hard thing for me to process, and I wondered what I did. and. You know, I wondered what was wrong with me, why these people that I cared so much about didn't want to be friends with me. And I made a decision about myself at that point in my life that I was not going to have friends, that people didn't like me and that I wasn't worthy of being liked and having a friend group that cared about me. And I was cautious and proceeding in relationships because if I proceeded in a relationship and allowed my heart to go there, I would end up being get left or abandoned, which had happened to me. So that limiting belief really carried with me most of my life. And when I look at the relationships that I created, you know through unraveling in that self discovery what i understood was not everybody is meant to be in your life forever and just because relationships may shift and change and grow apart doesn't necessarily mean that it was me that caused that to happen and perhaps it's i'm being guided into a different type of relationship and different friendships and every once in a while i still have to catch myself Because I can hear myself saying that story of, oh, there it happened again. There it goes again. You know, somebody left your life again. What's wrong with you? And those things can come up again and again and again. But is it worth the work of overcoming that? It is because now when I participate in relationships, I'm able to do it wholeheartedly and openly knowing that it's okay. Even if it shifts, it's all right. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me.
0: It's so fantastic. It is so liberating when we look back at our lives and we actually are able to feel and see how much progress we've done in our lives, how much better we've become, how much more whole we are, how successful we are, uh, and, and how authentic we become because of it. That's, that is so important. The unraveling, the unearthing allows us to become so much more authentic with who we are.
1: I agree completely. So exciting. And it's something that I would wish for everyone is to do that assessment and recognize that you have come so far and you have so many things to be proud of and everything has happened for you, not you know, to grow into who you are, not against you. Is it possible then for someone to change their life by changing their belief? Well, I believe that you can. And I
0: I can say it from the experience of of having had so many clients in my life where they have told me I have seen it and I have seen it in myself. I have witnessed it myself in the last 12 years, the, the journey that has been, uh, In my in my path for me to understand and recognize that I've had to work through so many limiting beliefs and let me just be very honest here. I still have to go through them all of a sudden something will happen where I believe I really believe that the the self assessment has to happen on a periodical basis. And something will take place during that assessment where I will start making an excuse about something that I'm unable to to do or that I feel that I'm unable to uh, accomplish or achieve and there you go. I have to do the work again because that, uh, a limiting belief has surfaced
1: that I wasn't aware of. While personal growth is a lifelong journey, right? It is. And, and when you embrace that idea that it's like, I'm going to continually learn and discover things about myself. You will fast forward, you know, 10 years from now, look back and feel so proud of how far you've come. Just like you're recommending the guests do right now, like look back and see how far you've come. That self discovery, personal growth space is something that you should not only embrace, but you should get excited about because you're about to discover something else about yourself.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and, and life changes because of that. Life changes because of that. We make we start making different choices, we start making uh, different decisions. But let me say this something that we we tend to forget is that it doesn't happen automatically, where all of a sudden, okay, I am I am replacing this with a different set of beliefs, or I'm telling myself a different story, or I've got a different interpretation, and then voila, things are going to start happening. No one thing that we must remember is that the action part the implementation is what's important and that means that we that we begin to make choices that are very uncomfortable for us because we're not used to them if we're going to live out a different type of belief then it means that we make choices that are oftentimes uncomfortable unfamiliar until they begin or until they start becoming comfortable and familiar
1: Okay. Interesting. And I know we hadn't planned to go here, but I'm thinking about something and I need to ask your perspective on it while we're on the topic. Because in my book, I describe a moment in my life that everything changed and it was a shift in my thought and my perspective on something. And I describe it as you flip the switch and my whole life changed. And That has happened to me several times in my life, where I've been in this journey of self-discovery, really trying to understand who I was, and then all of a sudden, it just went off, and I was like, everything changed. Now, you're saying it's a long process, and I'm agreeing with that as well, because there was a process that brought me there, but I think there is that pinnacle moment of like, it changed, it all of a sudden made sense, came together, and a new truth was realized. Is that what you're saying? Are you agreeing with that or do you have another take on that? I'm saying that that is part of it because what happens is that that light bulb that comes on of that
0: that moment where we see everything changing, I think it's a matter of perception because what's happening is in actuality, all the pieces come together and there's there's a self-awareness that is so deep. But the work itself, To make life change for us, that's implementation. That is action. That is, it's one where we have clarity because of the self awareness. But the work itself, that's up to us. We have to make those changes, we have to make those decisions. We're the ones that are continuing to work, walk on that path, and we make the choices in that path that are gonna be different because of that self awareness. So there's a part of it that seems simpler. But it's not necessarily that it's simple, it's that it's clear. The clarity is there, and therefore we can make the choices.
1: Yes, and that is the next step. So we are saying the same thing. So as an example with what I was referencing in my book is that I did all the work trying to understand myself, and then it came together, and it was like a light switch went off. And of course, it was the action steps and the choices that I made after that that caused it to actually become. So makes sense. Anything else on this topic that you, you know, really feel before I ask you the closing questions of the podcast? Is there anything on this specific topic of beliefs and the limits, the things that hold us back that you'd like to add? You know what? I could go on talking
0: about this forever. (laughs) So I think, (laughs) I think that, you know, when it comes to a topic like this, there's just so much and sometimes it could be too heavy. I realize that. It can be quite heavy. So I think that for now, this is good. We've had a great conversation, though, and it's exciting. And I'm excited to hear your guests as they listen to this, how their lives begin to unravel as they unearth uh, some of the beliefs that they've had in their own lives.
1: Yeah, it is really exciting. I When I think about the kind of person that listens to this podcast is really people who are really looking to challenge themselves and to learn and to grow. And I know that you've you know created a lot of value for them through what you've shared today. So I appreciate that very much. So the three closing questions that I always ask my guests, number one is what does leadership mean to you? <laughs>
0: That's a great question.
1: And for me, leadership
0: is a, um, it's a sacred calling that comes from something much bigger than us and that we accept to empower people onto their journey of professional and personal successes. That, that's the best way of, of putting it for me. For me, it is truly a sacred calling. Much bigger, and, and assigned to us from something much bigger than us, that we accept. But it's always to empower people towards their journeys and their successes.
1: So great! I love that so much. I every day I call myself to be a leader, and it's like I, it's a conscious choice to step into it every day to change the lives of other people and help other people with empowerment and tools to be able to do that. So great, great share. Thank you. Now, if you could recommend one book or one podcast that people absolutely must hear, I know there's lots out there, but one book, one podcast that people must tune into, what would it be? Another tough question. The one book
0: that that began the change in my life was care of the soul by Thomas Moore. And that is a book that I read. I try to read, uh, annually, uh, it's it's an incredible, beautiful classic. It's a classic, uh, but it's it's a great book. Yeah, cancel. In terms of a podcast, oh my gosh, there, there's so many, so uh, I I really can't choose one. But I'll I'll say I I will share the one that I listened to this morning, and that's the the podcast of um, Jordan Peterson.
1: Okay. Great. Good. Yes, there is lots out there and we seem to find what we're looking for. So go looking for it. And perhaps that's one. Why do you recommend it? Like, what did you listen to this morning? That was great for you. Today, he was talking about the neuroscience
0: of intelligence. It was absolutely fun, fantastic, right? Uh, it 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 just put things into perspective of how we view intelligence and how how vast it is and how we simplify it when in fact it is so complex and how it affects society and cultures on a, on such huge levels.
1: Yeah, it was great. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Okay. And finally, um, before I ask you the very, very, very final question, if people want to follow or connect with you, where do they do that?
0: Thank you, Corliss. Uh, I am on, uh, of course, my, my web page, as well as on Facebook, Alpha and Omega Strategies, or Instagram. Instagram's a little bit different, Alpha Omega Strategies, no and. But I would love to, uh, I'd like to invite everybody just to come out uh, and join me because I'm always sharing tips and uh, certain messages for your success. Beautiful. Thank you, Carlos. Thank Thank you you so much for this opportunity.
1: (laughs) You're very welcome. I I know that there was so much value in everything that you had to say, so I'm grateful that you were here as well. Now, final, final question. If you could leave only one piece of advice based on all of your life experiences and everything that's happened, what one piece of advice would you want to leave people with?
0: Never sell yourself short. You are remarkable, admirable, amazing person. You are not here by accident. You are here called for a purpose. Don't
1: short sell yourself. Don't shortchange yourself. Beautiful. And I would recommend that you go back 10 seconds on this podcast, close your eyes and listen to Jacqueline's words and take that in because you truly are just that. Thank you very much again for joining us. Stay well, stay safe, and thanks for being here. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.